to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks Rookie Watch podcast with myself and James. Um, we are coming in hot off the back of a incredibly disappointing first week against the Rams. Uh, but it, we are tasked this evening with uh, the job of picking out some bright spots from the, the performance there with our rookies and second year second year players. Mm. Uh, so, James, how are you doing, buddy? How are you feeling after last week? Yeah, um, I'm all right. I'm, my head's in, in the clouds a little bit. I don't know really where I am. I don't know whether I've moved on yet. I don't know whether I'm still distraught by it uh, this line game needs to hurry up and hopefully we can we can sort of exercise some demons a little bit and 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 put things right and we'll all quickly forget about it um but so long as it's that game doesn't come around until we don't win again it's just going to linger and linger um and it's going to be a bit of a tough task tonight to make, to pick out some positives but i'm sure we're going to we're going to have a stab at it i'll have a good go um there's a few people there's a few people yeah, so i think so too yeah well, we'll start. We'll start very quickly with talking about injuries because whilst they're usually a um, a depressing subject, um, we have got some some good news there in that we'd likely to see our number five overall pick, uh, Devin Witherspoon, this week. Um, it looks like he's had a fu- so far a full week of unlimited practice, and I think we'd both agree that we sorely missed a, a, a predator in the in the, the sort of nickel position. Uh, we saw four, we saw far too many completed passes without anyone getting absolutely annihilated by the sort of hard hitting players we usually see um, in there. So, uh, are you feeling excited to see what uh, what we picked? Yeah, if he's if he's 100 percent, because like I said, Pez, Pez made a decent point in the last pod about JSN. Although we got to see him, it wasn't the JSN that we were all ready to see because he wasn't 100 percent. So if 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 Witherspoon's 100 percent and he's good to go, then I'm really excited. If we're putting an 80 percent Witherspoon out there, then you know you still got to sort of hold your breath a little bit. Um, but if he's if 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 he's full go kind of thing, then then yeah, you know, I mean, we, when was the last time we picked? Have we ever picked this high in the draft? I can't even remember. Um, no, so, no, so, I don't think so. 
So fifth overall, a thumper on the defence. I mean, everyone is rightly so excited to come in and, and we need him by the looks of it. We desperately, desperately need him. And it's going to be interesting whether he, whether he does play purely in the nickel or because Mike Jackson was, was, was so poor for me against the Rams, will they be tempted to to maybe play him outside a little bit and see what he can do? I, I don't know, but yeah, well, it, it, fundamentals of your question, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see Devin Witherspoon, and I think we really need him. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, there were far too many completed passes over the middle mm-hmm. in that game without there being any, any consequence to it, and I know a lot of that comes from a lack of pass rush. Um, you know, if if the quarterback's got loads of time for the roots to mature, there's inevitably going to be a man getting free. And the way they schemed it up, it was always over the middle. Um, so I mean, if even if Devin Witherspoon's in there and and we don't get a pass rush, he's probably already chasing the first guy that went through the, you know, the first guy that's gone past him, and there's still going to be a hole there. But, um, for me, we were too we were a bit too timid. There, there seemed to be a lack of fire and juice, and there didn't seem to be any real, um. Uh, like I say, just just it was timid. So mm. Devon Witherspoon is a, is a real presence in there. He's a barking dog. He, you know, he he really sort of is a real vocal sort of um, uh, player. And I, I feel like that in itself would be already uh, an improvement on what was kind of a um, a soft underbelly on uh, on Sunday night. So mm. that that I'm hyped for. Other injuries, I don't think we picked up any new ones with our first year rookies. Obviously, in terms of our second year, that was a bit of a tragedy with the two tackles. Um, we've picked up some some guys off some practice squads. I don't. I'll have to apologise to you for not knowing the names. Um, I can't remember. No. Um, but we've also got Jason Peters hopefully to come in, and I feel like Jason Peters, even when we're we're fit again at tackle, assuming we are this year. That is an extremely experienced guy to have in that room with our two rookies. I think I think there's a little bit more to be gained than just um, a rotational piece when when everyone's fit. I think there's a real there's there's a real package there with um, with what we gain there for our our players. And I also think going into next next year's draft, I think potentially Stone Forsyth becomes um, a casualty to our roster, and we potentially draft another one. So we could be staring down the barrel of three young tackles. Um, mm-hmm. next year so a bit of experience in that room's nice not that I'm suggesting Jason Peters is there for another year after this one oh. but, I mean it'd be, four, it'd be 480 pounds by that point <laughs> so let's not go there oh. um, so talk, talking about our rookies from that game was was there a one that you you thought deserves a shout in particular I mean not not really I'm, other than Mike Morris I think I was I was quite quietly impressed with Mike Morris obviously the rest of them obviously you know like we said JSM wasn't fully fully good Derek Hall we didn't see enough of again Zach Charbonnet didn't potentially see enough of um Cameron Young I mean did he even get a get a snap in that game I can't remember uh but if he did didn't see enough of him um Jarek Reed I can't remember him coming on the field and obviously Kenny McIntosh is injured so um I, I think I think out of the ones that we we had the chance to see, I think Mike Morris made the biggest impact. I thought he was, I mean, he's very easy to find on the field with his big dreadlocks and his big hair locking out of his out of his helmet. He's, and he's taller than your average defensive tackle as he, well. He, so. he, he kind of surprised me as to how big he was on the field, passing the mm. kind of eye test. I didn't think he would be that big, um, 
but I was just impressed in terms of the run defense side of it. He, he, he seemed to always uh, be be flying towards the football and stuff in the runner. And he, even if he wasn't the guy making the tackle, he was the next guy on him. If you know what I mean, he was half tackles and 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 wrapping people up with with someone else. Um, so he was always in and around the football. And um, and for his NFL debut um, against a, a legit runner in Cam Akers as well, um, to, to to hold them on the ground the way we did. I, I, I was really impressed with Mike Morris, so I think he he takes the takes the, the crown for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I th- I think he's the one. That, you know, you obviously know I'm quite I'm quite sort of um, <laughs> invested in at this point in Morris um, because he now has to come good for us because I've I've shouted him out and yep. predicted him etc. to the Seahawks. But I do think that um, he didn't look like a rookie. I think that's the biggest compliment you can you can pay for a rookie on debut is not looking like one. Um, and I said to you on the main pod, I think, and, and Pez, that I think his biggest adaptation from playing the edge at Michigan to playing inside for us, other than the weight, which he obviously strapped on easy peasy, um, is going to be how he handles um, low center of gravity, uh, big guards, that that are just gonna you know get into him and get underneath him uh, and use leverage against him. However, what we saw a lot of in that game was uh, him being faster, and uh, you know he he really gets into uh, into the pads of of the guards very quickly. He's he's getting a good pad height, which I think um, Michael Bennett was saying that uh, he was trying to get into him. Uh, during our preseason, when he was on commentary, he said, "Well, he's, the time he spent with Mike Morris, he was trying to get him to work off a really good pad height." Mm. I think if you start with that low pad height, it's very hard. Uh, if your pad height's low and your chest is low, it's hard for the guards to get into you and and lift you up and take you off that leverage. So he's using that plus a quick get off, getting good hand position into into guards. And the other thing we saw from him as well was knocking his guard back. And if the runner was coming through the middle or outside, disengaging and re- and hunting the ball, that's something you don't see uh, from average uh, three techs and, and defensive tackles in the league. That you know, disengaging with the guy that's trying to stop you getting to the ball is so tough and at the NFL level. And um, he, there was multiple occasions, like you said, where someone had already made contact with the runner and he peeled off. And joined and stopped for for no gain or or tackle for loss. So that's already advanced play from that position from a guy who's not physically suited. Mm. That impressed me massively. Yeah, I think that, like you're saying, I think it's it's quite an important thing that we must say about Mike Morris, that this is a guy not only on NFL debut, but being asked to play an entirely new position that he's never played before. Uh, And to look that impressive as well, to cut all that weight off and, and, well, no, sorry, not cut the weight off, put the pounds on. and 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 shift over inside and and play as well as he did. He he looks like a very cerebral player. Looks like a very sort of yeah, switched on player who will develop quickly rather than being a slow burner, which you might not expect for a day three pick. But I think he's picking the game up incredibly quickly. Uh, and if he's working with people like Michael Bennett, then the the sky's the limit for him really. So hopefully yeah. we he, he just keeps to improve and improve. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, really impressed with Mike Morris. Um, other honourable mentions, um, we didn't see an awful lot from D Hall, but he did play 25% of our defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did get a workload. Um, you mentioned Cameron Young, he had two snaps, so he, he was out snaps. there, but towards the end of the game when it had gone, I think they gave him some yeah. some sort of um, snaps to cut his teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder who else we got? I've got the snaps in front of me. 
It's not actually that many on on defense. Boy, Boye Mafe played 53% of the snaps. Um, I know we, we usually talk about second year players towards the end of the pod, but I think when you look at the snaps and who's had a, a, a real injection of of extra responsibility, Mafe taking 53 on the left was huge. And interestingly, Daryl Taylor, who obviously again isn't um, a rookie. Um, his snaps were at 46%. So him and Maffei actually almost to, you know, right down the middle shared snaps off that left edge. So that's something interesting to look at. I think that combination gives us two very strong options off the left. And I'm kind of glad they're not diluting either of them, either of them too much by making them take 25%, 30%. That's a positive, I think. Uh, we'll move on a little bit and and talk about our second year guys. Um, one person I do want to speak about very quickly. You wouldn't have heard his name called very much in the game, um, but Reek Reek Woolen. Um, I think the, the stats after the game would surprise some people, but uh, he was targeted. He was out there at eighty snaps, and I think I think our snap count on defense was about 80 so i think he played every snap on defense and gave up five yards in the entire game when targeted and it goes to show that 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 tactic of of throwing over the middle in in that game was because the rams recognize him as a genuine you know top five corner in the league he is a a shutout corner and we forced we forced a team to do something that should be a restriction to them, but we didn't cope with it, and it turned into a real a real ace up their sleeve. Um, doesn't change the fact that that Reek Woolen, um, you know, is is a serious force and causing teams to, you know, he's giving people headaches without even doing anything. That's what mm. I'm trying to say. Thank you for pointing that out, Mitch, because on the main pod that we did in the last one, I kind of kind of held my tongue a little bit because it Me was too. Brought, his name was brought up a little bit and, and you know, he didn't play as well and blah, 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 blah. And, and I just think people look at Tariq Wall and if he's not getting an interception in a game now, people don't think he's playing well. Or if he's not passing defence, like, you know, swatting passes out of the air, um, then he's not playing well. But, I mean, five yards, I think I think PFF ranked him as like 31 or 34 out of corners in the in, in week one. And I think our next best was like 81 of like Trey Brown and then Mike Jack was like 90-something. Um and like I said, again, I know it's against Rams backups, but even so, I think just well, ranking thirtieth not... when people don't want to throw your direction is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, and like I say, I just think people need to temper their expectations and look at it and go and look. If even if he doesn't get an interception in the game, even if he's not swatting passes out the air and and making all these highlight plays, it it doesn't mean he's not there. It doesn't mean he's not locking up his guy. They're just yeah. like like we said in the preseason, they're not gonna they're not gonna throw Tariq's way that often when they, when they don't need to, and they didn't need to. The Rams did not need to throw Tariq's way because they were beating us in every other aspect of the game anyway. So why risk yeah. it? So um yeah, I'm glad I'm glad his name was brought up in a more positive light because I've seen a little bit of Tariq slander in the last week and uh, I've not been enjoying it. So um Oh yeah, it's anything any any negativity going Tariq's way for um last week is just it's silly. That people people are disappointed after the result and people have high expectations of Reek. He can't carry the team on his back. He plays a position where teams can completely choose to not involve you in the game. It is then up to the other players on the pitch to use that as an opportunity to make plays because they are going to see the ball that you either get exposed or you step up in those situations. And unfortunately there were too many, too many players that didn't seize the opportunity. And I think it's, that is not a reflection on Rick. 
Um, I'm going to very quickly bring up Boya Mafe as well. We, we've briefly touched on it earlier that the PFF grades for Boya Mafe overall 85 grade for the game, which is strong. His run defense grade setting the edge on the left 94, which Excellent. I think was fourth in the league this Excellent. weekend. That's outstanding. Um, yeah. And shows exactly what what Pete's been talking about with him as an improved player. What we've all hoped to see from him: uh, pass rushing grade of 76, which is not not terrible at all. That mm. shows he must have had some pressures because I don't think he got a sack or or anything. No, we didn't think that he had a single sack anyway, so he couldn't have. No. Um, but to have a 76 pass rushing grade with it for a team that didn't get a sack is very good because that shows he got at least got consistent pressure when he wasn't just setting the edge and an 86 tackling grade as well showing that you know when someone was in his uh in his zone he was making those tackles securely anything from you want to say about boy mafe you, you you on the hype train with him oh absolutely I, I i've never really gotten off it and and now i'm and now i'm driving it i'm, I'm the conductor because <laughs> I, th- I think that's on He's he's proven in that last game that he's now a fully fledged starter. There's no more rotational boy in Mafia now. He's he's a full starter as much as they want to play him. Um, you, you don't need to worry about stamina rotating him. He he's to get those kind of grades in our worst pass rushing performance that I can remember in a very long time. Um, says a lot about Boye Mafia. Uh, I think like I said they'll keep him in the rotation with Daryl Taylor because Daryl Taylor is too of a talented raw pass rushing athlete for them not to not to keep him involved in the game plan. Um but if 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 his if Daryl Taylor's Mafia's only kind of snap con, like contender at the minute, um I, I think he he's going forward now he's locked down that that starting spot off 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 either edge. I think he can play off off either edge. I don't think he's limited to one side or the other. And um he's just so versatile, so good, such a Swiss army knife. He's so good in the run, he's so good in the pass. Um I, I love him. I love him. I think he's excellent. I think he's excellent. And um, I, I can't wait to see what he does this season because this feels like his rookie season for me now. Now he's a fully-fledged starter. This feels like his you know, his, his first real chance to kind of you know, have a prolonged look at Boye Mafia, playing snaps, playing it sort of week in, week out. And um, I think he's going to shine. If no one else does, I think he will. It's, the other thing is, it's nice to have a player making inroads and getting more snaps in a position that we've been crying out for as mm. well. I think I think securely setting the edge is something that's probably been said a lot of times by Seahawks fans over the last couple of years. So to have someone that can do it, but also give a bit of juice on pass rush as well, it's really nice. It's a really nice evolution for our squad. Uh, next one I wanted to talk about very briefly was was Ken Walker. I know we only really saw um, good stuff on FN, offense in general uh, in the first half, but he did finish the half well on his way to a hundred yard game. Um, you know, he was he was making good runs, he was making good decisions, he was taking everything the defense was giving him. Um, he was keeping us on on schedule with our with our um, um, with our offense in general, I mean, we scored on every possession apart from uh, the one that hit the post with the field goal before half time. So um, we really were just marching the ball. Um, so I think his grades were good as well. 92 rushing grade for him, 82 pass blocking, which was a surprise to me. Uh, it's not what you come to expect from him when he's on the field. But I guess when you've got Aaron Dod- Aaron Rodgers, Rogers, Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Donald. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers isn't doing an awful lot of running this week. No, he's not. Um, no, when you've got Donald running at your quarterback, you need everyone to pitch in occasionally and and chip him and and throw their body under the um, the incoming train that is uh, mm. Aaron Donald. Um, so that was nice to see. What, what did you make of Ken? 
Yeah, I thought you, there was a there was a part when you first talked about Kenner that that, that resonated with me, and that's better decisions. Uh, I think last season, his rookie season, he was too boom or bust. Still excellent, but that's what we always said. You know, it, it was he was either going for a, a you know a decent yardage gain, or he was getting blown up behind the line of scrimmage. Um, whereas this time, I think his decision making looked a lot better in terms of seeing gaps, seeing the field. There was that one play where he, he, he bounced out to the left where he initially went to the right, didn't he? And you thought, oh, this is this is where he's going to get, you know, blown up behind the line of scrimmage. He's he's gone through the and wrong he gap. Reassessed. But, and he reassessed, you know, that low center of gravity and the wheels that he's got on him that we know he has, and and he takes it into a, a I don't know what a fifteen yard gate, whatever it was. Um and I just thought, do you know what he's making a lot better decisions he's processing better he's seeing the field better um so that's what we, we know he's we know he's quick we know he's shifty as anything we know he's a you know a, a human joystick um but the the the, the concerns that, that we had were basically is he going to be boom or bust is he going to start seeing the field a little bit better um so i think like you say yeah he was well on his way to a to 100 yard plus game uh, i think if, if like say if the offense was was running the way we would have wanted it to i don't think that would have been in question um but yeah, I was really impressed with his IQ and 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 sort of seeing the field. So I think uh, he's he's obviously looked at that and, and started to take some some strides in that area. So if he does that, that that's you know if that was going to be if anything was going to be his kryptonite, that was potentially going to be it. So if he's fixed that, I mean, hell of a prospect, hell of a prospect. I agree, and I think I think yeah, I'm glad you agreed with me about the decision making. I think I think if you were to look at his. Um, his highlights from last year, you'd see a guy that looked like a, you know, a year four, year five player. But when you actually watch the games, there is a lot of throwaway plays in there that you wouldn't want to bring up again. Um, and they were often due to the offensive line not being able to perform their task in creating, you know, the, the gap that was schemed up. However, you can still improvise and make those plays. You can see, okay, that gap's not not happened. Almost like a a quarterback making his go, going through his checks is. Is my line there? No. Okay, that's fine. What have we got? Where you know, where, where can I go and reassess and still get five yards? Keep it, keep it on schedule. And when you see him making those decisions, he almost you, he would almost freeze. He'd be like, okay, well, what now? Because that's not. And he, you know, it was, it was, it was difficult just to watch at times because he'd get flattened for a small loss or rip off a huge play. And if he, like you say, if he can add that to his game now and 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 just kind of calmly okay that plan a is not there plan b is this i'm off mm. um i think if, and he did that in the first game and that's why we, we were obviously talking about it so more of that please for ken walker and and um even with fewer snaps i think he can have a far greater year in terms of um touchdowns and yardage if he's making better decisions in those situations totally totally um Usually we're good at, we we talk about uh, who we think is going to be the most crucial player this year from year two, but I really think we've addressed that with um, Ken Walker and Maffe. I think we've, we're both in agreement that that we are really leaning heavily on on those two year two players. The only two that we could maybe bring up um, that we usually say were crucial were the two tackles, um, but unfortunately then they're, they're not going to be there. But um, yeah. I think when you look at that that year two class now, cross. Maffe, Walker, Abraham, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen. Once we get to to Tariq uh, Young, obviously less reliant. But those names I've read out to you, 
you would genuinely if they're not number one on on the positional um chart they're number two you know that's an outstanding contribution from those year two players oh like yeah like you say every one of them is now a fully fledged starter it's it's only like say Derek Young and and, and Tyreek Smith that, that haven't sort of grabbed starting roles yet and 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 but that's not to say that they they can't be decent contributors we know that Derek Young can be a decent contributor get Tyreek Smith we haven't seen enough of yet um but I mean like say if the defense continues to play the way it was playing I'm sure he'll get an opportunity sooner rather than later um but like you say yeah Tariq Mullen is obviously a, a starter Kobe's starting every game Lucas and Cross when the fit are obviously starters and, and Walker and Mafia I know so it, it's a hell of a draft it's an absolutely we, we smashed out the park the last two drafts. Um, like I say, we're still looking forward to seeing some of our our guys from our rookie class from this year. But you can already you can already tell that when it, when everyone is there, one hundred percent settled into their respective schemes on offense and defense. There's so there's so much young talent on this team, and and it's such an exciting time to be to be following the team in terms of the rookies and players coming through because the the next generation is 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 right there in front of us. And um, yeah, it, it's yeah we're nailing the draft so um hopefully long may it continue yeah i agree um we are going to finish up here i think we've talked about everything we need to i'm just going to mention one final little little thing to you here james i don't know whether you've noticed this you might have um in fact i'll ask you i'll ask you the question considering we call ourselves a 3-4 defense implying that we've got three linemen and and four uh, linebackers in most of our, that's our scheme. Most of our um, schemes are, are based on that, right? Mm. How many snaps on defense this week do you think we actually lined up with three defensive linemen? Zero. This is a really interesting fact that's come out of the game. And I think I have a theory as to why. What do you Zero. think? Very close. It was seven. I think it was seven. seven snaps out of 80 we lined up that way. And I, my theory on this, is just that we are far more talented on the edge with our linebackers and with players like um, Draymond Jones, who can also play uh, defensive end, um, Mike Morris, who can play defensive end, the linebacking core we've got that are coming off the edge, than we are in the centre of the defensive line. And I think I think we've just maybe because the the, defense, the, the, the centre of the defensive line hasn't quite developed as we wanted it. Like how many times did you see Mario Edwards? I, I can't I remember was, him playing. <laughs> it was about 30% of snaps. And it was it was Mario Edwards from that first choice defensive line that, that dropped out. And we saw Jaron Reed playing as a defensive tackle. Mm. And we saw Mike Morris rotating as a defensive tackle on the edge and in the in the interior with Draymond Jones. So I'm of the opinion that either our defensive line hasn't worked out as they planned, or they're bowing down to the fact that we've got far too many talented edge rushers to not have them on the field at this point. Because I was watching them in preseason, even towards the back end of last season, and then obviously this first game. And I'm thinking, and, and you're right, I'm thinking. I'm sure we're meant to be 3-4. And I'm looking at the defensive line and the line of scrimmage at the start of each play, and I'm counting four pass rushes, and I'm thinking, this isn't this isn't 3-4. And, and, or at least, it's, it, unless they're shit at maths, this isn't 3-4. Um, you know I mean, I mean? it's, and, 
Essentially, usually you'd it would look like four anyway because you'd have you'd have nose three tech three tech and then one edge there and then you'd have mm. the other one the other defensive end not defensive end um, edge setting the edge on the other side but possibly mm -hmm. being schemed into coverage. So it would look like four, but it would actually be three three defensive linemen. But what we were setting up with was two, and then two edge linebackers and two middle linebackers, which mm. is which is four four two, isn't it? But with loads of with loads of defensive backs. But they've bastardized yeah. what we were supposed to be to to try to try and get more edge rush from our our outside linebackers. Mm. I can't yeah, say like it doesn't. It doesn't. It feels like we're just running a complete hybrid. It doesn't feel like we've got a set scheme. It just feels like really sort of hybrid, not made up on the fly, but just sort of because obviously method to it. Um, but like you say, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. It's not a true three-four at all. I don't care what anyone says. We're not no. playing a true three-four. Um, so it can't be that. And, and there's definitely elements of four in there. Um, there's sprinklings of three-four. It, it's a bit of everything. It's a bit of everything mashed. Up, and I've not really seen anything really like it in in before in, in terms of Seattle or in recent years anyway with, with Pete Carroll and like you say it feels like they, they don't know whether to let go of the 3-4 and move back to 4-3 four, four, or whether they it, it, do you know what I mean it feels like they're looking at it going what what do we do because do we want to persist with 3-4 do, or do we want to go back to Pete Carroll's trusty 4-3 and it it feels like they don't really know what the the, the camps that sort of split down the yeah. coaching room whether to do one thing or do the other and the just kind of said, well, do you know what? We'll just do both and see if it works. I think um, they're, I think maybe they're just playing to the personnel they've got and trying to get mm. the most the most talent they can on the field. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you if your if your scheme gets countered by your opponents, the entirety of the game we start to see what we saw from Stafford last week. That's my take on it. And if you're going to rush four, if you're going to put four out there and rush four and then put loads of defensive backs in an umbrella behind them, you're mm. going to need those defensive backs to make plays on the ball because we didn't see any of that. And you're going to need your, your four that you're rushing to get pressure. We didn't see any of that either. So yeah. um, just to, just a take, I thought I'd throw it out there so we could yeah. briefly discuss it, discuss it. But um, that's us for this week. I think, um, that concludes the rookie watch for this week and um, we'll be back after our next game against the lions um with the main pod and with rookie watch uh if you want to join us in our discussions we've, we've got a very a very open and friendly uh discord channel you can come and join you can find it on all of our socials it's linked there um our discussions are, are, are multi-topics. We talk about the draft when when that's when that's relevant. We've got fancy football league setup and discussion and tips. Um, we talk about everything in game and out game, and um, it's a great place to come and talk uh, with fellow twelves. So come and join us and uh, follow us on all, all of our socials. Absolutely, get involved, everyone. Um, and like I say, thank you for listening. As always, we love you all. Mitch, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you cast the signing off. As you always do. Yeah, well, uh, James, you can join me uh, in saying go Hawks. Go Hawks. See you next week, guys. See you next week. <laughs>